0: Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Title of this evening's uh, Dharma talk is, was it? Don't don't let go. Yes. Yeah, that was not a mistake. Don't let go. So quite often we hear from others, well, just let go, just relax, just let go. But uh, as you've heard me say many times, I am basically give the the same Dharma talk over and over again. Maybe a few different words, but... Fundamentally, it's see the way in which you hang on. This is the important part. Just look at the clinging. Don't um, make assumptions about the clinging and where you can kind of push it away, or just I'm just going to have to let go of that. Don't lecture yourself about anything. You just have to let go. No, you don't. The very the very nature of self-centeredness is to try to manipulate, manipulate or take control of any damn thing. But so it just reinforces the self-centeredness by way of not being able to let go, failure, ego, loves the failure. Because then it doesn't have to get all puffed up about how wonderful it is. It can be really sad about how terrible we are. We couldn't let go. Don't let go, don't let go. Hang on. When I say hang on, not saying hang on so much as continue to grasp and clutch and... and, uh, claw your way into some kind of uh sovereignty or some kind of superiority or some kind of big success story. I'm saying just look at the clinging, just look at the grasping. Just look at that, look at that desire for something else. Look at that that desire, that wish for something to go away. I don't like that anymore. I wish that would just stop bothering me. I wish that I would just wouldn't feel that. Wish, 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 wish. Seems to be necessary to be, as my teacher once said, be—probably well, said many times—be genuine. He wasn't saying encouraging you to just be uh, um, at the mercy of your conflicts or at the mercy of your neurosis or at the mercy of it. It was just saying, just my understanding of what he says. Don't push on that. Get get to know yourself. He also said make friends with yourself, which is a little bit difficult to understand sometimes if you're feeling like you don't particularly want to be friendly with a certain aspects of yourself <clears throat> so you can see through the practice of meditation through an awareness practice you could fundamentally begin to see the way in which your particular form of disturbance your particular form of grasping or rejecting or being at war with yourself or with others grasping at success rejecting failure based on the eight worldly dharmas which we talked about recently. Just trying to get somewhere, trying to be somebody, trying not to fail, trying to get good press instead of bad press from others. What was that line you read out of the book about? About dumb, Zogton, dumb, what was it?
1: Stupidity. Describes stupidity as the all good.
0: The stupidity, stupidity is the all good. This is Zogchen. Who wrote that? Longchampa. Longchampa. You're going to argue with him? <laughs> well, maybe you will. He wouldn't care if you argued with him. Everything is, this is basic goodness. Everything is basically good. Basically, this is, look at the incredible situation you we find ourselves in. We're, we're living. We're showing up as, showing up as living beings. The downside of this is you're a living being. You have all these nerve endings that get uh, roughed up and abraded, including in the mind stream. And you're extremely vulnerable to just about everything insofar as there's an identification with the body. You are somebody as this body is your primary uh, linchpin or anchor. So it is about looking at, the, but use whatever word you want, neurosis, difficulty, um, looking at that area that's just, that isn't very pleasant to observe or look at without adding on something about why it's, what, who caused it, why it's happening, gives us a little temporary relief. Well, at least I know, well, at least I, well, uh, well, 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 well. Pretty deep. Well, at least I know why it's happening. No, you don't. There's no way you can fundamentally ignore the source of anything. But our worldly situation uh, is always looking for some kind of a reference reference point or grasping at something. Who's right? Who's wrong? Which political structure is going to work the best? People making comments on something they know nothing about based on fear. If you ask something, someone uh, What do you think about socialism? People will respond with an opinion, but not even knowing what it is. (coughs) Uh, Or the same thing with uh, Marxism, or the same thing with Buddhism. Just make comment, people are quick to judge anything and come up with some kind of a position on anything. It's not that it doesn't have some relative correctness to it, but it's not fundamentally correct. What is fundamentally correct? There is no such thing. If you see what this is, my friends, deeply, completely, thoroughly, without any, any doubt at all, completely certain, you're liberated. But you have to see it. It can't be kinda. And it's interesting that if you do see that, you no longer object, agree with, or ignore anything. That doesn't mean you're Right on track. And it means that other people don't look at you and think you're confused. They might. But don't let go. So, again, yeah, it's a little bit of a silly thing to say, but look, look at the way you're hanging on to anything. If you're hanging on to your identity or idea of yourself or, or your idea of someone else, your idea of your situation, we just about ego mind, self-centered mind, the uninspected, unrealized nature of confusion will continue to look for a reference point. And it will settle for something. If someone is really, as I've said before recently, and others have said before me, if you're really, really terrified, you can cover up that, cover that terror up with just blaming someone or making someone else's life miserable. Shifting that negative energy over onto someone else. It works for a little while. Temporary respite from that. Are you taking notes? What do you, what do you write down? Are you gonna tell me?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the sky's full of it. <laughs> <laughs> Unyan, what do you write down?
2: People are quick to jump to opinions.
0: Yes. What did you write down? S- I like cheesecake. What? <laughs> what? Um, Interesting. Okay. That's <laughs> Nothing interesting. <laughs> like that. Uh, you write down. seeing all these notepads. Everybody's starting to hide there. <laughs> <body. laughs> yes? You can't say?
3: I wrote, don't let go.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 did you write. Stupidity as yes. they all good. good. What's, uh, right now? You didn't write
4: anything now? No, I didn't. Or no. done a question I had.
2: What? Or done a question. Let's hear it.
4: Um, if we're seeing the way we grasp something, yes. Is it possible for that grasping to increase?
0: Very good, yes, it could. But if you're really seeing it, if you're really use a relative saying, it's not exactly this, but witnessing it, then you don't mind what it does because you're clear about it. You can see that it, it needs to breathe, in that way it needs to take a deep breath. In other words, you get worse. But before then, you've been suppressing it by your ignoring or your fiddling with it, so it tends to stay in its own little circle when really to really be fulfilled. Dependent origination. It might need to s- swallow you whole. It might need to come out with intensity. More? Any other questions?
1: Recently said uh, don't argue with dependent origination. Hmm. And it seems like uh, trying to let go would be arguing. Hmm. But can you is it possible to train your mind to spontaneously um, release fixation?
0: Yeah, you don't have to train your mind. Your mind already is doing that. You just don't notice it. It's already releasing <coughs> releasing if you if you didn't release spontaneously uh you know we'd all be locked up somewhere but spontaneously it's already the case we just don't recognize it because we are used to recognizing things out of contrast The contrast vanishes from the point of view of any kind of any kind of reference point or
1: so if it releases spontaneously what are we clinging to how does it, uh,
0: the clinging persist? Clinging persists because of the imputation or belief that there's someone who can win or lose, or get better, or get worse, live or die, all the eight worldly dharmas. And that clinging that uh, persists, that seems to persist after one sees the truth, uh, you don't mind because you know the nature of dependent origination is to to push and shove and cling and show up uh, uh, heavy and show up light, show up dark, show up uh, illuminated. It just does whatever it needs to do because it's, it, it is sourceless. So if you happen to be at, at an intersection where things are happening, then you'll just watch things come and go. The picking and choosing will be gone. This doesn't mean that you don't notice that warm sun on your back feels good and the cold wind doesn't feel so good. You will notice the contrast, but you won't separate them. As one is good and one, you won't add on to what you see. You receive it, you just receive it. If you do anything with it? Suffering, not only suffering for you, but suffering for those that are in your milieu or into your circle or in your sangha.
1: Um, uh, You can't uh, let go on purpose or train to release. Can you train to relax?
0: Yes, it's called shikantaza. You have to do a lot of it. You have to look at a lot of tight muscles, tight mind, tight, tight structure that you're hanging on to, clinging to, or resisting, or pushing. You have to look at a lot of that without adding to the, the chaos. Just receive the chaos. Chaos, as Trungpa Rinpoche once referred to it as orderly chaos. It's chaotic, but if you look, it has an order. As a dimension, has a has a kind of timing to it. It's chaotic only if you want something else, if you object to agree with it or shut it down on anything.
1: Is that wisdom when you see chaos or orderliness of chaos? Bye.
0: Yeah, wisdom just sees wisdom. Everything is functioning perfectly.
1: I'm just trying to understand um, uh, core rising co-emergent wisdom and confusion
0: so. so they're not separate so they <coughs> excuse me it's a it's a way of talking about it that, that, to say they they arise together it might not show up in your experience that way but they're not separate from each other
1: is that when we um see our confusion, see it clearly yes is that wisdom arising at that point
0: yes the buddha if i may be so bold as to say what the buddha saw which i don't know what he saw based on my understanding of it which is the only thing i can say anything about is he saw the extent of the confusion he saw the extent of the outrageous polarity that was going on in his own mind and in so-called surroundings, his society, country. And and but primarily his own mind, he saw that. And that seeing was without interfering, without agreeing, without doing anything with it. That was his awakening.
1: The Bog, how is that seeing not, not separate? That wisdom mm-hmm. and, and confusion are not separate, that is?
2: Awakening.
0: Uh, that, yeah. uh, they would have to be. It's a very tricky area if you look at it, because it looks like, well, I think I could figure that out. I could could write a book about that, because I kind of understand how that works. But it always turns back on itself and uh, eats its own tail. Can't find anything else, nor can you find one thing. If you find one thing, you've got something else. That's why it's called liberation.
3: A question from Chris Smith. If the self holds wisdom and you trust yourself and faith in the system, isn't this the point? Give or take lifestyle. No. A question from Navid in Iran. Naveed. Dear Sopazan, when a realization happens to us, How can we both not hold on to it and not forget it at the same time? Or can we at all forget a realization?
0: Yeah, I highly recommend you forget it. Don't keep anything. You don't need anything. Don't maintain anything. Other than if it's your time to be on the Han and Bell, you should get over there and on the Han bell, it's your time to lead the sutras. If, it's, if you live in this construct, this building, this community, and it's time for you to come and practice, you should come and practice. That might be said so to be a maintenance of sorts. <clears throat> Jessica,
3: Jessica, bowing. Are fear and grasping the same thing? Are they identical, bowing?
0: Fear and grasping. Uh, if there's fear, there's there's probably going to be grasping, but there also there can also be fear with no one who's afraid. The fear can arise; it's just dependently arisen. You can't find the source. You can't even find the cause. Three uh, three doors down the hall. We can we can find something if we. But then we then we're building a reference point, and then it comes back to praise and blame. So yes, there. Uh, You could say it that way if that's helpful to you to say it that way. Don't reject anything. Don't accept anything. Yep. Don't let go of anything. Don't agree. Take no position. And that might show up as the positions that you kind of can't help but take, sometimes called prejudice. Any, anyone online uh, on uh, zoom Kevin, you must have a question
5: Kevin bowing Not at this instant, but I'm gonna cook one up bowing
0: okay, good
5: cooking
0: yes sir sure
4: ben. if um if not letting go, is there a way to see um, how we're grasping with some more space?
0: What was your preamble there, if not letting go?
4: Yeah, if not like completely letting go of something, is there a way to see the grasping with more space?
0: Just seeing the grasping, it comes with its own space. Anything that occurs comes with its own space. And it may be quite spacious and it may be
4: claustrophobic. going, how can you see the space when something's claustrophobic?
0: You might just see the lack of space. (coughs) You ever had claustrophobia? Not comfortable. Not something you can really argue with either. I had a serious spell of that 30 years ago. Remember that? No, I just came out of nowhere and I just couldn't couldn't sit in a you know couldn't sit in the back seat of a car. Other questions?
4: Shokabai, earlier uh, when you were speaking of Long you said stupidity is the all good. So how would a situation like claustrophobia be the all good?
0: Because it's happening. Because it's it's showing up. Not separate, nothing is separate from anything. Everything that is occurring needs to occur. Very, very difficult for someone who is trapped by their thought patterns and believes their thoughts and their emotions because they're going to want to, depending on the situation, want to blame someone for some things and credit someone for other things. Not that that isn't relatively true, but that's just part of the picture that's relative truth. That's why we have laws and why we have criminals or we have really good, nice, good people, really bad, evil people. It's relentless. And it's not that that isn't relatively true, and it's exasperating to watch that, or to observe that, or to be involved in that, but it's ultimately untrue. Because it's dependently arisen. The causes and conditions behind, behind any given situation are just impossible to trace, to find the first source of anything. Lots of different causes for any one event. Okay, Kevin, I'm ready.
5: Thank you. <laughs> Ding, it's out of the oven. <laughs> um, what What is the genuine heart of sadness, bowing?
0: That's the way that Trungpa Rinpoche talked about that feeling that comes over us of being. <coughs> Have you got any acid reflux medication? No, this is something, this is another medication for other problems I have. Thank you. We'll start with, it's not tones. Give me a minute here. So to me, it looks like what the Vidyatar was talking about when he used that in the Shambala teachings. The genuine heart of sadness is to to give kind of a positive, you could say, swing to that deep feeling of being sad or being um, at a loss or at the at the other end of the of the difficulty where things just get. You've been working hard. You've been trying hard to live a, an uplifted and sane life and the world around you is kind of coming apart at the seams and you don't seem to be able to do anything about it could be just your family could be your society could be your country could be the world and it could be no cause whatsoever no particular cause just a deep sadness about everything and this was a trunk for way of helping you of, of giving it a, a shall we say a positive spin genuine genuine positive Heart genuineness of sadness to say there's there's some aspect of consciousness that is fundamentally uh, bummed out and we shouldn't fight with that we shouldn't necessarily mean that that particular feeling means that we um, are not getting anywhere or that we're doomed to feel like crap forever that's kind of the tail end of grasping at relative truth it takes a while at some point you won't care whether you're sad or not because there's no longer a sad person. Sadness may come everything is welcome to come and go it's like a, it's like you've stopped being a, a person an individual even though you're still here and you become a turnstile. Everything can come and go it's just a turnstile and it can be it can be dragons or it can be uh,
2: um, uh,
0: what's that other thing that flies around ducks? Or it can be buffaloes. So it can be any kind of energy can come and go, but it's like it just comes and it goes, and comes and it goes. And before that happens, that sadness is still there. It's like, it's like a, a kind of a grasping of your heart.
5: Kevin Bowing. Oh, sorry.
0: That's right.
5: Um, in my understanding, the teachings, uh, Trungpa's teachings of genuine heart of sadness are then parlayed into warriorship or this image of that tenderheartedness being a source of strength or fierceness. Do you have a sense of how genuine heart of sadness infuses uh, is the image that you've used a a farmer rather than a warrior? I do. How does the genuine heart of sadness inform the, the farmer?
0: A fight with a farmer. Warrior is kind of a a, a romantic idea of warriors with the uh, the samurai and the the code of Bushido and all of that. It's militant. Uh, As I've said probably a hundred times by now, I spent four years in the military, uh, in the Marine Corps, where there's a spree de corps and the spirit of a unit and thank you for your service. And Mm -hmm. people are killing people. Warriors kill people. I like farmer better. That's why I say you. Try to fight with a farmer. I don't mean just necessarily a someone who's grow, growing corn. They could be growing goats. <clears throat> they're They're nurturing something on the land. This is important. not running across the land with swords drawn. I have uh, samurai swords in my uh, in the Hojo. They're beautiful. I love them. I love samurai movies. But it's imaginary. It's it's just romantic imagination happening. But the fundamental situation, I, I don't care for the if the, the Vidyatar was here, I would have a talk with him about it, or not. I probably wouldn't talk to him at all. He wouldn't have any interest in talking to me. I probably wouldn't have any interest in talking to him. But if I did, I would I would say uh, you should change that whole Dorje Kasing around. Not it's not healthy to copy the image in society that's warlike but he might come back around and show me where he has a deeper, more profound vision of that as possible. I would certainly be open to listening to him but he was uh, missing the point on a lot of things. He was born in Tibet uh, raised by a bunch of men who were very macho as I understand it and uh, he, he did the best he could with what he understood. He understood a lot <clears throat> but he wasn't uh wasn't perfect in that sense, and that everything he said was fundamentally insightful or true. He also drank a lot. It tends to cloud your vision. Well, clouds mine. That's why I don't drink.
3: A question from Shoshi.
0: Yes, Shoshi.
3: How do you understand the fundamental nature of fear or any other emotive as it arises without a self? What is actually happening if there is no self to interpret?
0: Not much. Not as much as that imputed self thinks there is. Not much is happening, if anything. Since you asked the question in that way, i it's choiceless to respond in another way. You'd have to twist it a little bit. When I make comments on... Uh, Trungpa Rinpoche, he was a fantastic teacher. He saved my life. He was a Mahasiddha, a great being. Not many as great as he was. But he also had to drag his own karmic baggage into this lifetime as a, not only as a toku, but all the other lifetimes that showed up in this incredible human being. I'm just saying that he did the best he could with what he understood and what he saw. And his teaching is a, profound and vast, and I, we study it all the time, and we'll study it more and more, even when I'm gone, probably still continue to study it. Sir?
4: Shogalayan, with the example of the khanasan? Gard. How, when you say everything the teacher does is a teaching, how does Mm -hmm. that show up as a teaching?
0: So, for me? It shows up as something I looked at for 20-some years. I be, I was a Georgia KaSung, and I had ideas about it, being a former Marine, that this is not a good idea, but I, I didn't know. So I thought the only way for me to really understand this is to join it, so I did. So I functioned as a, as a KaSung for many, many years. And even after I stopped functioning as one, I still would go back and fill in for people functioning in that capacity for visiting teachers. Like the last one I think I functioned with was a a Khandro Rinpoche whose press isn't really working too well for her these days for some reason. But I I served her uh, as a a Dharma teacher, as a khasam, and as as a kusang somewhat. I mean, I was someone who was an attendant. So I got a good feeling for what that was about. More?
3: Another question from Chris Smith. Chris. Do you still operate in relative truth and fundamental, similar to dualism and non-dualism, both valid and invalid?
0: Yes. He's really smart, isn't he? Look at the way he handles those concepts. Anybody want to cross swords with Chris Smith? I'm not going to. got no takers? <laughs> Go
4: ahead. What is the teaching if one is no longer accepting, rejecting, or ignoring?
0: There's no teaching. <clears throat> Gone. When I say, is anybody want to work with Chris Smith, I'm saying, you can... Come back with another response to him. See what he says to that. You can get in a conversation with him about. It. I'm not uh, devaluing him. What he's saying has a relative truth, of course. But it's not helpful to study uh, that way or to have, be conversational when I'm sitting in this position. <clears throat>
4: Straight questions. Let me have them. Go ahead. Shokabai, I'm thinking in. Relation to you as a teacher, um, if I don't accept, reject, or ignore what it is you're saying, then what is it that's being received as a teaching? We're done for. So then what, if we are accepting, rejecting, or ignoring what you're saying, how does what you say function as a teaching? Well, it
0: won't if you're not a student. If you're a student, you have to receive and that doesn't mean you, you receive part of the situation. You receive the entire thing, as much as you can. You gobble it up. <clears throat> this is why I became a Kassong, uh back in the, in the 70s and 80s, even though I didn't want to, even though I, didn't, I disagreed with, basically, with what my teacher was doing. But I did it anyway, because he was my teacher. That doesn't mean I would, if he said, you need to go out and murder people, I should go out and do that.
3: A question from Udi in Connecticut. Udi. Seeking to see what really makes the self unreal, is it because it is impermanent and falls apart? Thank you for your great patience. You're welcome. Should I read the question again?
2: Well, that was a question. But
3: <laughs> The first part was, seeking to see what really makes the self unreal, Is it because it is impermanent and falls apart?
2: Yes. Yes.
0: It is and does. Nice show. Do you have a question?
3: Nice show, Bowen. How is the genuine heart of sadness related to the pain of the composite, Um, Bowen?
0: Same. So, Karen, do you have a question over there in the corner? Were you bad? <laughs> <laughs> You're sitting in the corner. <clears throat> Anyone else on the Zoom? I can't, so I can't see everyone there. I can only see 25 of the 31 people. So if you're just sitting in show and waiting for me to see you, I may not. You just speak up if you have a question.
1: Go down. Longchenpa used the phrase "all good," and Trungpa uses "basic goodness." Why is um, such a polarized word as "good" used?
0: We have to say something, uh, otherwise there's no. Uh, we're going to talk about the spiritual path. Um, we have to use some kind of uplifted word for it, It it's all good, it's all perfect, great perfection, it's all good. That's my understanding of it, so even the worst terrible thing is good, but not not in a polarized way, just fundamentally it's good. Is that helpful or do you add further? It
1: goes on by another Mayan of It said, Flawed humanity is the all good. Yes. And you were just talking about not using the term warrior. There's Mm -hmm. warriors based on greed on a global scale or just interpersonal. Yeah. So how can we see that all good or realize that beyond the concept or try to convince Mm ourselves that's all?
0: Yeah. See see it here. See it in, in yourself first. Sit down, face the wall, and see the warrior, see the fighter, see the bloodthirsty aspect of your own consciousness. Because it is there. I'm not condemning anybody to being a bloodthirsty murderer or something like that. But that kind of negativity is there. And sometimes we project it on to others rather than see it in ourselves. Difficult, difficult to do that.
2: More?
3: Another question from Udi. What makes the difference between real and unreal?
0: Unreal doesn't last. Real uh, doesn't uh, doesn't go away because it it can't go away because it hasn't appeared. Transcendent. We have to have some kind of word. If you see what this is, then all the attachment to everything and the detachment everything and the ignorance of everything is gone So it doesn't feel pretty ordinary it is ordinary so real is what the fancy word for that is eternal it's, it's outside the whole time situation but we need to comment on it I guess so we say it's that way it doesn't doesn't come to an end because it has not started up what starts up is going down you're, that which is born is going to die, that which goes up comes down everywhere, bodies, minds, everything that shows up is going away, impermanence, <clears throat> but that which is, never shows up can't go
3: away. A question from Mustafa Mohammed. How can I become more in the future diligent in practice?
0: If I understand your question, uh, and I may miss it, but I would say that one of the best things you can do is, is uh, speaking of sitting meditation, which is what I'm assuming you're looking at, um, would be first of all schedule yourself so you'll because you won't do it necessarily spontaneously or out of inspiration to sit. Uh, just schedule yourself so you do some sitting practice every day. Set up a time, write a note to yourself. I meditate every day from seven to eight or something like that. And then, and then it's not only a matter of adhering to that, but it's also being aware of how much you miss that. Awareness rules, not accomplishment. So be very—it's very hard to understand that conceptually because it sounds like shouldn't you just always be there? Maybe not. Maybe. Maybe you need to see what what the, happens in the mind when we have a form that we need to observe. Not obey, observe. It's the other O word. Observing, uh, obeying a form actually can slow you down. If, you're, if it's some kind of militaristic conformity. Excuse me. And so the other part of it is in terms of the, if you consider yourself a student of Buddhism, then use the three jewels, the Buddha. The Dharma, the Sangha, the teacher, the teaching, and the community. If I understood the question. and If not,
2: then paraphrasing
3: Another question from Naveed: Can we remember our past lives? And if we can, how can we do that?
0: This is your past life. You're looking at it. What right here is this, this that shows up right here is comes from another life, it is your past life. This is your karma. I don't know about your past life. Look at this one, look at your body. And to go further into probably what you're intending is yes, I think it's possible to you might need help to do that, might need someone who has some skill or some understanding in going into deeper levels of consciousness. but It's not necessary to do that. If you're interested, it can be done. And I don't know of a way that you can just do it yourself.
4: Sure. Shokabai, one of the expressions that's connected with that that I've heard about is if you wanna look at your past Look at what's like the shape of your ears, but if you want to look at your future, look at your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does looking at what's arising in the mind show us where we're going? Because
0: that's the that's the production part of the mind. Something happens, we produce. Then this goes away, and then we stop producing. Then something comes back, and we start producing ideas, opinions, judgments.
4: <clears throat> no, I, can't, I can't remember who said that. Is that is that who was that said that? It seems like the mind is so all over the place, but the, the consciousness that's manifesting as the body is very particular. So how does all of that that's arising as the mind congeal into a self?
0: So I don't know if I can respond to that question in a way that would be would feel helpful necessarily. But what I can tell you as a monk is you turn to the vow. The vow to be with all things. It's all about intention. It's never about results. If you're looking for results, no, this isn't the path for you. It's a, it's a mundane path. Or it might be a spiritual context for a mundane path. The spiritual path is about intention, intention, intention. It's intention. There's nothing ahead of you but space. If that uh, when that produces uh, difficulty or fear, just continue to intend. Return to the vow to be with all things, to save all beings, to put others before yourself. This is the Bodhisattva, the path of the, the Bodhisattva, the enlightening being, enlightenment being
4: more. how can we go into space?
0: Intend. There isn't anything but space and in your intention. If you have an intention to do something that looks impossible to save all beings. You intend to do that, even though you feel like you're separated or you're a separate being from other beings. It's the intention. It's the Buddhist version of faith. Rather than faith in something, it's just faith.
2: Just faith.
0: Scary, yeah. No? You're
4: not scared enough? Shoguva It's both. Scary and
0: both
4: of
2: them. Jason Browning. Go ahead, Jason. Is just receiving, does just receiving involve thinking?
0: More than likely, it's going to involve some, but it would be different with each person. So just receiving might be, uh, say, I'll give you a tell a little story. Say, someone is uh, is talking to you and is being maybe a little bit disrespectful, not over the top so much that you just run away or close the door or hang up the phone or shut off the zoom, but just a little bit. So you would just receive that from them. Just listen, listen, but at the same time you receive some thinking is going to come up around that. Like, what are they talking like this? Why do I have to put up with this? Is this just receiving? Should I just continue to listen to this dude or should I shut the thing down or then then, just receive that, so you're receiving what they're producing, and then you're receiving in your own mind stream what that production coming towards you is also producing. so you're on not only on received to the situation you're in, but you're on received to your reaction to it. So you just continue to continue to receive, receive, receive most profound form of generosity that I understand is to give everything your attention, especially your own mind stream. When it is triggered by someone else's uh, um, um, impropriety or disrespect, I'm just using that as an example as a story. Go ahead, Jason.
2: Yeah, um, bowing. Is there a pure or purer form of receiving that that gets close to, or is at a point where there isn't thinking bowing?
0: Yes, <clears throat> it's called shikantaza. Have to do a lot of it. This is where we train to be able to. So in meditation or training, we're we're sharpening that blade. It's not cutting anything; it's just sharpening it, just running it against a. The blade doesn't necessarily want to be run against a, a whetstone, but we do it anyway. And then when we come away into what we say post meditation, then we have a sharp blade. So anything any thinking or processing, or receiving that we do, uh, has a has a sense of uh, of accuracy sharpness and uh and the directness to it just like a sharp blade
2: okay thank you uh, you're
0: welcome
3: from isaac isaac first he says such a pleasure meeting everyone
0: yeah you made it home
3: and he's on the road
0: oh on the road
3: and his question is I find myself not being able to let go of past situations. How does not letting go help let go?
0: Just look at the hanging on. I sometimes use an image of, I hold my hand up and then I hold up the the kotsu and I wrap my fingers around it. And you to see if if that is ever gonna release, it seems to be necessary for you to see the way in which you're grasping, not just see part of the grasping, and try to push it when you haven't really been aware of the entirety. And that may come up as a kind of story or description around it, or maybe come up as something you're not sure exactly what you're looking at, but just there's a, it just spontaneously releases of its own. You just, you you don't even notice it releasing. You just notice that that's not an issue for you anymore. Gone. And you don't remember, there's no credential for letting it go. That's what happens when we are able to change uh into something else then it tends to come back because we have not been thorough about it that thoroughness uh that last finger letting go uh i'll just give you a little bit of a clue here that means that you don't care whether you let go or not because you've seen it you've seen it you've seen it you've witnessed it you've witnessed it and when the last time for that to hang on the last bit of that is your preference for that And you don't care whether it stays there or not, gone. It's not a dismissive kind of like that the ego mind would say, well, I don't really care about that. Well, I don't care what people think of me. Yeah, you do. So, Isaac, get busy. (laughs) Get busy not doing anything.
3: Another question from Udi. Is the self both real and unreal? Is there anything more to the self other than ego?
0: Well, there's lots of ways of talking about self. Um, in the Hindu tradition, there's more emphasis on being some kind of a transcendent self. And I'm not, not a student of that particularly, just what the library read about it. But it's, it's, not that the, it's not that we have to get rid of a uh, self. Uh, we have to be very aware of what that self-centeredness is. So, I, I don't know how uh, it's uh, difficult when we start to get around that with concepts about it because sometimes the way concepts are used are actually pretty valid in terms of uh, understanding the deep nature of anything. And then another way they're used, it sounds like something's trying to be, uh, uh, it's trying to be perpetuated. So, I'm not sure if that's helpful what like I've said, but lots of concepts around it. Different traditions uh, look at that different ways, different teachers including Zen teachers or Tibetan teachers uh, talk about it differently. It's unreal and therefore it's real. You can't get up, you can't kind of find a
4: reference point on. It. Yeah. Can our actions fail to align with our intention?
0: Sure. It happens every day. You intend to you intend and then can't quite make it. Have you noticed? You know, that's called practice. It's always about awareness. It's not about succeeding. Sure looks like it though, doesn't it? And it's like, shouldn't we be getting better and getting more and more of this and more and more of that and more and more clear, more and more sane, more and more balanced. It's more devastating than that to ego. It's devastating to ego. Go ahead. Jeez, I'm
4: buying. So how do I just intend when it seems like I can't bring myself to receive?
0: That's awareness. You have to bring yourself to receive. You just received that. You couldn't tell me about
2: it. Jeez, I'm so is that then the intention? If, is, no. Go on.
1: I'm not um, Shoka brought up. I think I remember it. If you want to know your past lives, look in the mirror if you want to know your future, look at your mind.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If if what um, appears in mind is choiceless, how is that not
2: looking at the past? It might be. What are you doing over there? Sitting.
0: Mm. It might be we're, we're using concepts to try to deconstruct something so we can get some kind of an understanding of what to do, how to proceed, how to work with our mind, how to how to meditate, how to understand more deeply the confusion around us and other people, and the confusion in ourselves, the hope and fear and the struggle that we have with our lives and, and samsara. Well, the way it goes, if you
1: want to if you want to see your future look at your mind, it seems like a sentence, especially if you're having difficulty, but it might be that you're just watching or observing that.
0: This is a way of talking about it. Even that is incomplete. It's just a way of saying, here's something that came out of karma. And then your mind is, uh, it's a receiving, and it's receiving, it's also producing stuff based on, on disagreeing, fighting, agreeing, feeling put upon, feeling you're taken advantage of, feeling not getting what you deserve, and all the other commentary that runs around in our mind that we do something with. This path is is to help you stop doing that. Start to realize your true nature, which is not separate from anything. Not a conclusion. Nothing left to conclude. And you're the causes and conditions that rise our emotions and our mind may still come and they may not. They may settle right down and not much of a disturbance at all. Just an everyday you know, clown in the desert. Or maybe some kind of disturbance going on. But there's no longer anyone who's disturbed. This is what Trump Rinpoche was dealing with. That's my understanding of it. I'm not ready to write a book about. The psychology of Chogyam Trungpa, but he he had he had difficult karma to deal with. That's how it looked, so looking back in retrospect. What I saw when I was met him, and and what I've had to deal with in my own life as uh, difficult um, situations that arise in the mind stream. Nothing to fix.
6: Uh, John Bowing.
0: Hey, John, go ahead.
6: Hi. Um, is it your understanding that this uh, perhaps was what uh, the Vidiator was talking about when he when he spoke about uh, good in the beginning, good in the middle, and good in the end? Uh, yes. So that perhaps has something to do with equality
0: yes because <clears throat> yes the the deep understanding is is there isn't anything to fix everything is uh, perfect as it is but, but you have to see that you can't just have a conclusion that overrides all of the negativity under the under the radar you have to the radar has to in- include everything completely totally the complete dependent understanding of dependent origination is not a bunch of concepts that you finally catch on to.
6: What's the, if I may, what's the connection, um, then between this, um, these words of Champa, whom Trump Ramsey liked a lot and used to quote a lot, uh, uh, stupidity is the all good. Is there a connection there? For example, to good in the beginning, good in the middle, and good in the end, or equality.
0: That's the same thing. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you for bringing that up. Any further questions?
5: Kevin Bowing. Yes, sir. Uh, If there's nothing to fix, then what are we endeavoring to save all beings from Bowing?
0: From trying to fix themselves. (coughs) More if you have it. Don't don't leave everyone just hanging on that. I I know you want. I know you understand it, but because that you're the one that asked the question.
5: You hot potatoed me.
0: I hot potatoed you.
5: (laughs) Kevin, bowing. Yes. Are, am i am I then endeavoring to save myself from trying to fix things bowing
0: Well could be a little bit of that happening that would definitely be a, a kind of a side road or a or a margin notes as you go along those are going to show up, but we don't have to do anything with them don't stop them Don't erase them do nothing with them whatever shows up as a as a <clears throat> That's riding next to you in, in this situation. Don't do anything with it. Everything's welcome.
5: Kevin bowing. There seems to be a tension between the kind of almost heroic intention of saving all beings with nothing to, but and yet nothing to fix. There's sort of a, Uh, a falling apart of that yeah. aspiration.
0: Yes, there is. We start somewhere, so we start by shifting our self-centeredness over to deliberately trying to to save all beings. We're going to intend to save all beings, put others before ourselves, and then at some point or points, it's not even a point. We realize there are no, there is no one else. There are no separate beings, no beings to
5: be saved. Kevin bowing, given that there are no other beings to be saved, is the relative awareness of squalor and degradation in the world is that ego trying to fix something or is been too many words? Is that is that ego trying to exert itself bowing?
0: Probably there's some of that going on. But we don't have to do anything about that. But just be aware of it. It, it gets its it gets its uh, uh, power from uh, from the three poisons from being suppressed or held down. Or fluffed up, or made uh, being made excuses for explanations, or blaming, or just shutting down and just ignoring it, and distracting ourselves into something more interesting or more less uh, challenging. So this is why it's so important to go ahead.
5: I was Kevin Bowing. I was just reminded of you speaking in the past of feeling almost compelled to go uh, protest at the pipeline what what is being expressed ultimately by a relative act in of that nature bowing
0: I'm not sure where to where to go with uh, as far as responding I'm saying it that you're you ha- might have some in- insight or some understanding but you're not separate from anything so therefore you're you're when you're moved by other people's actions or fear or hopes or being abused you you know that starts to to show up uh, in your mindstream, and so so you're not you're not taking a position on anything. I might it might appear like I'm taking a position. Maybe I am, but I, my position is train your mind. Try to try to find a way to see fundamentally who you are and what this situation is that it looks like something else or something that you're in. So, so that situation with the the pipeline was just. I was watching that on uh, what was Democracy Now! It was just difficult to see the mistreatment there and the utter chaos that was going on. And uh, hmm. Uh, a lot of mistreatment of indigenous people, a lot of mistreatment of all kinds of people everywhere.
2: Jason Brown. Go ahead, Jason. Is there is there a reality in which all beings are saved? Are safe? Saved.
0: Saved. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah to use that kind of a structure or that kind of a question. Yes. Nothing is there. There is no. There are no beings. It's the illusion of being separate beings. This is this is the issue we're having. You know, fighting for territory or something
2: Will the re, will the relative reality for everyone drop all at, at once? I, at any point
0: I, I understand what you're asking but I, I have no idea in terms of some kind of a, of an answer that would be that would satisfy the way uh, your the, uh, nature of your inquiry. I would take that uh, in- inquiry into your own mind stream. Look, look, how does that look to you? Trust yourself. When I say trust yourself, I'm not saying believe your thoughts, but trust the space in which the thoughts and the emotions and the and the experience of the world occur. See if you can see that or understand that, uh, or um, maybe even access that spaciousness of the mind. Do that yourself. Yeah. Uh- Jessica.
3: Jessica Bowing. How's that you were describing the mistreatment of people everywhere. How
2: is that part of the great perfection Bowing?
0: Because okay. it's not separate. Not separate from anything. Nothing is separate from anything else. But we're in a we're in a polarized situation. It's, that polarity is going to show up uh to some people it's not being a big problem so they're against this and therefore this you know these people are busy um planting carrots and to someone else who's over in this area that's extremely important because their their child or their parent or someone is totally involved in that is at the mercy of this terrible contradictory polarized situation called war and so it's just can't find a, a particular end to samsara. It's notorious, as uh, the Vajrayegent Ursul Tenzin once said, samsara is notorious for being without end. Why? It's a circle. Success, failure. We, the descriptors for that are all over the place. The moon doesn't go in a square or a triangle. It goes in circles. So does the sun. So do we. Everything is going in cycles, cycles, cycles. Anything that's going up is going down. Can I help you?
1: I hope so.
0: Oh, okay. We'll stick around, we'll see. So I could probably take one further question. It's getting pretty late. We're way after nine o'clock. But I got some more coffee here, it just showed up so. Or we could just close, either way. Okay, we'll close.
2: May the merit of this penetrate into all places, so that we and every
1: sentient being
2: together can
3: realize the widow's way. <speaking in Spanish>
2: the great Paramita.
3: O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha of families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick or suffering, and fill them with light.
4: If you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokukoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokukoji.org.